I do the plant-based lifestyle not only because I know it's better for me, and, and this, is this, this is the temple where the Holy Spirit resides in every one of us. And if we don't take care of this, then we're dishonoring God. And so at that moment, it was an immediate knowing that, listen, he sacrificed everything to give me life eternally. And I, at least, the least I could do was to eat plant-based based on that. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 253. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Hey, hey, veggie lovers. Welcome to another episode of Veggie Doctor Radio. Today, I have for you Mia and Robbie Graham. But before I tell you more about them, I want to remind you that the information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment by healthcare professionals. So if you have concerns about you or your child or anybody in your family's eating nutrition or growth, please consult your health professional. Okay, so this is a pretty special episode. It's a little bit different than episodes I've done before. Just a disclaimer, we do discuss religious themes, faith-based themes. So if that's something that you like, definitely listen on. If that's something that makes you uncomfortable, then this is just a, a disclaimer for you. So Robbie and Mia Graham are founders of the plant-based cafe Revelations Cafe in Tampa, Florida. They oversee Revelations Cafe operations and marketing. However, their roles go far beyond these two facets of the business. As certified life coaches, Robbie and Mia teach others how to break free from the hurts and hangups holding them back. Robbie and Mia are amazing. They have so much love and compassion. And I think that it comes from a place of just life experience and empathy of what they have gone through. Robbie's story is incredible. And I can't wait till you hear more about what happened to him and how he experienced a heart attack that pretty much changed the direction of his life. But they have both experienced issues with substances and addictions. And then they founded this cafe, what it sounds like from divine inspiration. So in this episode, we talk about their plant-based journey, we talk about how they're able to weave their faith into their plant-based restaurant business and how well it's been received. We talked about how they pivoted after COVID and what lessons they've learned. We talk about the stress of running a restaurant, what techniques they use to cope with that stress, what they feel has been most gratifying for them in this endeavor. We also talk about food because y'all know I love food and because they have a restaurant. We talk about the most popular items of the menu what keeps people coming back to the restaurant. And we even integrate some concepts around fasting. So I think this is a really great episode. I really love getting to know Mia and Robbie. They're great people. I think you're going to love this episode too. So thank you so much for being here. And for your new listeners, thank you so much for, for trying out Veggie Doctor Radio. I hope you love it and you explore some of the other episodes that I have. For my longtime listeners, thank you for coming back. And please continue to share these episodes with friends and family that you think may benefit from having this information. I appreciate y'all so much. Have a fantastic day. And now let's welcome Mia and Robbie Graham. Robbie and Mia Graham, welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Well, it's such a pleasure to meet you. And I am very intrigued by your story and your journey. And I can't wait to learn more about it. So let's just dive right in. Tell me about your plant-based journey. How did you get to where you are today? Well, um, 
basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to let Mia tell you how the restaurant, because that's our plant-based journey. Basically how it started was uh, first and foremost, Mia had a, um, she had a, a vision about this cafe. And so I'll let her tell you that. And then that'll tell you how my plant-based journey began. So I'll let her start with that. Yes. Uh, so I was pursuing God in the direction of my life post stay-at-home mom for 22 years. Uh, restaurant uh, business owner was not part of my plan. Uh, it was a vision. It was very clear to me. I, I knew the name. I knew the color, the purpose, and the menu. Um, I didn't question it. I just knew that it was from God. You know, um, when you know, you know, when God is speaking to you, you don't question. And uh, so I mentioned it to Robbie. And of course, he was like, mm, yeah, I'll support you, but it's really not my thing. He was a big carnivore. Um, at the time, I was a vegetarian. I've never really been a big meat eater. Uh, didn't really like meat. So the vegetarian plant-based menu um, was familiar to me. Um, I wasn't vegan by any stretch of the imagination. I loved cheese, all kinds of cheese and eggs. And um, so I um, didn't question the vision uh, part of the menu. Um, and then he was just going to support and still continue with his diet the way that it was until we were in our, um, uh, it was September, our cafe opened in February. So we were in the middle of the construction process and uh, he had a heart attack in the gym. So uh, it kind of uh, changed his perspective on this plant-based um, menu that we were gonna be um, providing in this cafe. Yeah, so that's basically what happened is when Mia gave me the the whole download on the vision, I said, I'll support you. But I said, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna continue my diet the way so I was a bodybuilder, I was a former bodybuilder, so I, I always had to have animal protein in my mind. That's what I thought. And so basically when we were in the build out, as she said, and I had the, the heart attack in September, a brother in Christ sent me a book by Dr. Esselstyn called Reverse and Prevent Heart Disease. So the more I started to read this book, the more convicted I got about the evidence that was in this book. And um, I had to to really, really start to rethink what I believed and to uh, listen to the science. So reluctantly, I actually decided to go ahead and give this plant-based diet a try based on the fact that the science seemed to be very solid. And uh, when I did so, I started eating plant-based before we opened the cafe. And while eating the plant-based diet, I had to have repeated checkups with my cardiologist because I did have a stent put in my left coronary artery. And therefore, because of the stent, um, they said I needed to make some extensive changes about lifestyle. So I figured, why not start with the diet, right? Well, in a matter of three months, my cholesterol dropped over 100 points. Um, all my sugar levels came in, my triglycerides, everything changed in my cardiologist looked at me with a straight face and said, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever it is, don't stop. So that was about four and a half years ago. And that's what began my journey as a plant-based eater. Well, <laughs> that's fascinating. And I would love to know your mindset about being a bodybuilder, because I think in our culture, we're used to seeing what we believe is the appearance of health, right? So mm -hmm. we kind of epitomize certain body types and body shapes. Whenever, first of all, tell me a little bit more about getting the heart attack. Like where were you in the, what were you doing in the gym? And then how did you get diagnosed? And at the point that you got diagnosed, were you shocked? Did it make sense to you? Or were you like, no, this can't be happening. I would love to know where your mind was during that time. Oh, that is perfectly, uh, those are great questions, and I'm going to give you the best answer I can. So basically, I started to have some some uncomfortableness in my chest. Prior, uh, we were still building out the cafe, but I started to go on long walks, and I'd start telling me, and I'm like, I'm getting like tightness in my chest, and I'm thinking, because I train, this has got to be like a pulled muscle. It can't really be a heart attack because, you know, I train, I work out, I don't drink, I don't smoke. So I'm not any way, shape or form believing that I'm having heart, any type of heart symptoms at all. So eventually, even, you know, knowing that I was having these symptoms, I started to kind of be more mindful, not 
overeating. I started to try to train uh, a little bit harder and lighten my diet intake, my my car, my cal- caloric intake. So I've started to make some gains and I started to lose a little weight and I started to feel a little better, but I was in an intense workout in the middle of the gym on September 2nd when I started to have very intense pain. And then I started having a hard time catching my breath and then the radiating pain down my left arm. So classic symptoms of a heart attack in the middle of the gym, I was actually doing hanging leg raises, which is where, you know, you, you hang from a bar you pull your knees up to your chest. And I always like to, to rotate my body. So I work more of my obliques, you know, your side muscles along the side rib cage muscles. And once I started to feel this intense pain and I couldn't catch my breath, I walked over to her and I looked at her and I kind of motioned. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And she goes, done working out. And then she saw how pale I was and my eyes were virtually rolling back in my head. She's, she goes, oh my God, you're having a heart attack. So she was able to get me to the front of the gym. She went and got her car and our, our uh, hospital was literally, literally five minutes from the gym. So she was able to speed me from the gym to the emergency room. They got me out. They were able to get me in. I kind of, I was going in and out of consciousness. Mia was praying for me. She was laying her hands on me. She was praying all the way to the hospital. But when they got me in, they started to, they realized I was having a heart attack. They could see it. They put me on an EKG. They could see it. There was automatically, they withdrew. They got the enzymes that were were, uh, very predominant for me having a cardiovascular event. They stabilized me and that next morning was a Sunday morning and the cardiologist, the cardiologist actually was called in specifically on a Sunday to visit me. And he immediately took me to the cardiac cat lab. And that's when they stented my, my left coronary artery. And they said I had extensive damage to all of the other arteries at that same time, but they couldn't stent them. They could only stent my left coronary. And that was, you know, the beginning of this journey. Wow, what a shock. Mia, how did you know it was a heart attack? I had been watching him, observing him for weeks leading up to the event. And uh, even though he thought it was a pulled muscle and was trying to work through it and overcome it through different variations of exercise, it was apparent to me that it was his heart. And so, you know, sometimes it, we're the, the person who's actually going through something is the last person to really know because we're typically in denial or, you know, we're just trying to do the best we can to overcome what could potentially be a traumatic event in our life. And so um, I was I was observing him for probably, I would say, six weeks to two months with this chest pain that he was experiencing. And I even would stop going to the gym because I couldn't get him to stop pushing himself. So I thought, okay, if I just don't go to the gym today, maybe he won't go to the gym today, but he was determined to overcome this pulled muscle. So when he walked up to me in the gym that day, it was, I was peaceful, you know, I was just like, okay, now we can, uh, you know, get some resolution here. And, uh, the doctors, the nurses were more concerned than I was uh, when when we pulled up. Um, my faith, I think, was instrumental in my belief of knowing that he was going to be okay um, because I know God has a plan for us and that little heart attack wasn't going to stop that plan. I knew it was a pivotal moment in our life. I couldn't see then what I can see now, how, you know, God has been totally orchestrating, you know, the plant-based diet, uh, the plant-based restaurant, which was going to be beneficial and instrumental in potentially saving his life because he more so than I has embraced this, um, plant-based way of living. I've always really eaten that way. So it's not like a, 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 a huge change for me, but for him, it's really become his passion, you know? And so it's really awesome to see how all of this is all tied into the bigger picture. Well, it makes sense to me because when you have a brush with death that close, and especially when it just kind of jars your whole perception of the world in your life, it can have a big impact on your thinking. You know, it can change your entire paradigm. So that's an incredible story. Mia, I want to go back to, you know, you mentioned that you feel that this restaurant was inspired by God. God put this into your heart. What makes you think that? Like, what were the things leading up to the restaurant? And how was this a change from your previous life? You said that it was never part of the plan. Did you go into it reluctantly, joyfully? Kind of what was your attitude with this 
this transition into owning a restaurant? Actually, I was a stay-at-home mom uh, for 22 years. And so this was towards the, my boys were in high, in high school when I started really pursuing God uh, for the direction of my future outside of being a mom. I knew when my boys graduated, went off to college, I didn't want to be the person sitting there thinking, what am I going to do? Who am I? Because my identity was so wrapped up in being a mom. And so I had started, uh, you know, entertaining the idea of who I was outside of being a mother. Uh, years prior to this revelation, um, I had gone back to school for Christian counseling and uh, eventually became a certified life coach. So uh, I had a room set up. We had a room set up in our home where it was just specifically for prayer, meditation, reading the word of God, and uh, just really spending time with God. It was our secret place room. And so one day while I was in that room praying about my coaching business, which I had already set up on paper, it was uh, Next Step Life Coaching. I had already LLC'd it. I was planning this business model and I had a vision. I had an, it was a knowing. Um, it was this Revelations Cafe, um, the colors, uh, the menu. I knew it was plant-based. It was just this, like, as if it was just like, I knew, like it was something that was always a part of me, but it really never was a part of me. It was just something that I knew. Um, and, uh, so I thought the interesting part about it was I thought that I was still pursuing God in my life coaching business because I have a prophetic gift. I often know things before I know things just by divine revelation. And so it wasn't unusual for me to have some type of a, of a revelation about something that was uh, prophetic in nature where it hadn't actually come to pass yet. And so this was, this was not something unusual. I, I did think that it was going to be for one of my potential coaching clients. So I mentioned it. And I know that sounds really bizarre to some people who have never experienced something like that before. But for me, it's just the way of it. It's just it's just who I am. And so I mentioned it to my life coach and she asked me the million dollar question. She said, what makes you think this isn't for you? And now for a very important message. Hey, mama, if you are feeling frustrated about mealtime battles, worried that your child isn't eating enough or eating enough vegetables, afraid that your child is going to get some awful deficiency or disease because of the lack of diversity in their diet, I wrote a book that might be for you. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Did you know that most children are born with the innate ability to eat the appropriate amount of food to satisfy their hunger and support appropriate growth? Despite this, parents are still anxious and confused about how much and what to feed their children. In addition, many children are labeled as picky eaters or develop behaviors such as hiding and sneaking food. There's also a growing epidemic of dieting behaviors and eating disorders beginning at alarmingly young ages. In my book, you'll learn the five pillars of healthy eating, how to apply intuitive eating through all the stages of development, lifestyle habits that support healthy eating and body image, troubleshooting and problem solving for picky eaters, overeating and dieting behaviors, how to create and foster a healthy body image in your children, how exploring your own body image and relationship with food will help raise an intuitive eater and what foods to offer your child at different stages of development. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Are you ready for a fresh approach to feeding your child? For more information, visit dryami.com forward slash book. And now back to the episode. 
And I thought about it. I was like, oh, you know, it might. I mean, I just, I've never thought to open a cafe. It's never part of, been part of my plan. I am a life coach. This is where my career is going to lead me. And so I prayed about it. And and that day, literally that day, the confirmations just kept coming through, through different friends, through, you know, a song or a commercial, just different ways that God speaks to us. And so I, I that's when I mentioned it to Robbie. And I said, you know, I thank God has put a dream in my heart, one that I didn't even know was there. Um, looking back, I can see different elements um, of, of why God did place this dream in my heart. And really, it was it was a compilation of things. It was my passion to serve. It was my love of food. Um, it was my, um, I've always been into hospitality. You know, I was quite the entertainer in my, in my life of being a mom, always, uh, having parties and, and catering events and, and things like that. So I, my passion was always food. Now I will say this, thankfully God didn't put me in the kitchen in this restaurant because working in a restaurant versus just preparing a meal for your friends, family, or even catering a small event, entertaining a party is totally different um, from executing in the capacity that we have to do within this, within this cafe. But it was all of my passions and all of my desires. Um, and before I, I will say this before I even went to school for Christian counseling and got my certification in life coaching back in 2010, I had a stirring within me to, to help people, to nurture people, to cultivate an atmosphere of healing and deliverance and, and to really help people to heal. And so I went to massage school. And um, I was not able to finish because I was a stay-at-home mom at the time, so I had to I had to put that on the back burner. Um, but the desire to cultivate an atmosphere of healing and deliverance and to help people to heal internally and externally is still part of the mission of Revelations Cafe because mm -hmm. our business and our mission is more than just about the food we eat because we all know our bodies are are temporary but our souls are eternal so it's it's we're more than just about the food we're about the mind the body and the spirit and so it's just God's way of taking everything that was unique to me and the person that he created me to be with all my loves, all my passions and desires, and just putting in them, putting them into one creative space that I would have never in a million years thought to do on my own. And I didn't resist it because I knew it was God. And I've learned my lesson from times past of resisting when God is trying to, you know, put me it put me in a direction. I know it doesn't work for very long. And so I try to avoid that at all costs. I try to be obedient with what I feel that God has asked me to do. Um, I was excited about it. Um, I'm thankful God didn't show us everything all at once, or I probably would have ran the other way. Um, but God only, only God knew in 2017, which is when he gave me the vision that the plant-based industry was going to grow and the education of the benefits of eating plant-based were going to grow within the years of 2017 to 2023. You can only buy like one plant-based milk at that time, like maybe two cashew and almond, I think. And now, you know, there's tons of options of plant-based um, foods and, and a plethora of education like yourself. And so I was excited once we got to um, the actual time, because it was a timing thing too, as you can see from 2017 to the time we opened in 2020, we had to do a lot of, uh, of waiting on God and trusting God in the process of his timing and not our timing. Because if we would have jumped into this a moment sooner, it would have been, you know, th there's no telling what, what the business would have looked like, but God's timing, as we all know, um, is perfect, you know? And so, yeah, I hope that answered your questions. Excited, uh, willing, um, you know, just uh, not knowing all the details, but just trusting that God that, that you know, that I serve uh, would lead me and he he's faithfully doing so. So great to hear that. I'd love to hear from either of you a little bit more about your faith and how that's played into. I mean, obviously you said you got this from a vision and it's been very 
tied into your faith, but um, how how have you been able to weave your faith into owning a plant-based restaurant? And how has it been received by the patrons and people that come visit the restaurant? I think we'll both answer this question if if you don't mind. Um, for, uh, it's because of our faith that we that we even have this business because you know as I described it was a vision from God, um, and we've actually had people say to us, "You shouldn't mix your faith with your business." But if we didn't have our faith, uh, I don't know if any of anyone who would ever start a startup business with no blueprint, no experience, no plans, um, no idea of what to do. I mean, we literally have had to develop from scratch everything within this business, from the menu, the operations, every every detail. And so we've relied heavily on our faith um, for the development of this business. And we're learning, you know, it's really, what it's really done for me is, is drawn me closer um, to God. And it has really increased my faith because when you're leading, I I was a stay-at-home mom. I've never led, you know, employees. I've had, never had to deal with 16 to 20 different temperaments and, and, you know, past traumas. And so, you know, God in his infinite wisdom has used and is using my, our, um, Christian counseling degrees, uh, my life coaching, like, it's just truly amazing how God has just tied all of these things into the perfect, uh, bow, you know, because the faith aspect of it is what keeps us going. Because if, if, if you, if you've ever been in a restaurant and you see the demands, the daily demands, the grind, the grit, the blood, the sweat, the tears, um, it's not a, a a business that anyone ever goes into to get rich or even to be, you know, somewhat financially successful. So financially, you know, if we didn't have our faith, we would have sunk by now a hundred percent because um, it's 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 challenging. Um, but it has increased our faith in God. It has drawn us closer to God and to each other through the trials, you know, that we face every day. Um, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world if the business closed tomorrow. Tomorrow, the 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 character that God has been working through us and and our faith and just increasing us in those areas that are eternally gonna you know help us more than anything else. Um, it's it's been worth it. Um, I don't know, like with Robbie, he gets to share in a way that like you know because our testimonies are so uniquely different. Do you know about our testimonies and? And kind of our a little bit of our history. I'll, I'll give you a brief synopsis. It's real simple. I was uh, I was homeless ten years ago at the Salvation Army. I was an IV drug user. I'd lost my way uh, due to an injury. I blew my back out squatting heavy. So anybody that might be listening to me, you know, pain pills are not the way to go. They're the biggest lie the enemy ever developed. And uh, I'm living proof that they nearly took my life. So what happened is I was never a person of faith. But while uh, a brother in Christ now. But back then, he was just a good friend who was on the board of directors of Salvation Army, got me in. I had a radical uh, uh, transformation April 28th of 2013. I stood up for my first time in the Salvation Army Chapel as a homeless man uh, recovering from uh, opiate addiction. And I got radically touched by the living God. So I was someone that did not believe, uh, didn't have that walk. It was never part of my, my journey. But three months clean and sober is when I bumped into Mia. At an outside AA meeting that I really wasn't supposed to be at, but as divine intervention would have it, she popped the bracelet I was wearing. She was wearing the same bracelet. The bracelet said better together. That was over 10 years ago, uh, almost 10 years ago. We've been together ever since. So faith for me um, was been now my journey started with my faith walk and I started to really dive in and, and, and trust God. And I started to read his word and his word became so apparently evident, much like the Esselstyn book when I was reading the science. I really understood that the science doesn't lie. Well, the Bible didn't lie to me. It started to tell me the truth about not only who I was, but why I was creating what my purpose was. And it's so funny because when Mia had the vision of the restaurant, she came to me. I was in the seafood industry at the time. And I said, I have no desire to go in the restaurant business. It's not my cup of tea. I'm not going to do it. I've had enough experience to know that this is not where I want to be. Well, the very next night after she gave me the vision, I was in the prayer closet and I was seeking the Lord. and I opened my devotion and my devotion said, Robbie, do you love me? And I said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He says, then feed my sheep. 
And at that moment, I knew I had to do this literally and spiritually. And that is the, the scripture where basically Peter is being redeemed by Jesus on the beach after denying him three times. So my whole life, I denied Jesus. I didn't believe in him. So here was this chance now to be able to be a servant and to feed his sheep literally and spiritually. So that's how my journey began with the faith piece in the cafe. Wow. Do you feel, especially after your heart attack, did, did you feel that that was all tied into the master plan of the restaurant or how did you interpret that at the time? Yes. I mean, I'm going to be very honest and transparent. Um, so uh, God didn't give me a heart attack, but he certainly allowed it to happen. It was me. I created it because of my bad eating choices my whole life. And so um, what the Lord revealed to me, and it's it's so funny how he works. He's just such a good, good father. I had basically um, gotten to that point where now I, I discovered after my heart attack, I was kind of angry about it, you know, thinking, well, you know, I, I'm like, and I'm giving the Lord all my good works. I'm telling my, I, I fell on my face four and a half years ago at the Salvation Army. I gave you my life. I said, you clean me up. You put a new song in my mouth. I said, I share the gospel with anybody who's willing to listen. I said, you bring me a beautiful wife. I love her as you love your church. And I'm giving him all my good works. And then I said to him very clearly, I go, Father, now you want me to give up me? You want me to give up dairy? You want me to give up all the things that I love? And very quietly, he spoke to me. He said, Robbie, what did I give up for you? Heaven went bankrupt to get me back. And that was very much at that moment. So I do the plant-based lifestyle, not only because I know it's better for me. And, and this, is this, this is the temple where the Holy Spirit resides in every one of us. And if we don't take care of this, then we're dishonoring God. And so at that moment, it was an immediate knowing that, listen, he sacrificed everything to give me life eternally. And I, at least, the least I could do was to eat plant-based based on that. And he didn't want me standing at a register in a, in a plant-based cafe telling the public what a great opportunity it is for them to eat plant-based and then go home and eat a steak. He said that would be hypocritical. And so therefore, that's how my faith really convicted me about this walk. Do you still feel like it's a sacrifice now that you've had four and a half years of plant-based eating or how do you feel about it now? 100% no, because what's happened is now what, as God is, is when he gives us a truth revelation, we either accept it or we continue to fight it. And it's no different with any of our walk in life. You know, you know, doing the right thing, sometimes do it. They call it the hard right. Doing sometimes the right thing is hard. Well, now that I've recognized the benefits in the way I feel, that's the part I want people to understand. Listen, I, I reluctantly started this because it was an obedience thing. I became obedient to what God wanted me to do. But now that I've been walking it, it's because that's the way he created me. I was always supposed to be this way. I know me personally, my body type, meat and dairy don't work for me. So I know that this is the way. And now I'm, it's, I tell people it's not, it's not difficult for me every day. I, there's so many choices that we can eat now, plant-based. It's made it, the world is so much easier now if you're a plant-based person than it was 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And you own a restaurant. So like zero excuses, right? <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk a little this. bit um, about the COVID-19 pandemic and how that played into the restaurant and how you ended up, ended up pivoting with that big challenge that we faced. It's real simple. So um, ironically enough, when we were building the cafe out and as we were building the cafe out, I got an instant message in my Facebook, an instant messenger. and it's. Hey, Robbie, I see you guys are opening a plant-based box in Lutz, Florida. Maybe you've seen my movie Forks Over Knives or Plant Pure Nation. And of course, I had watched both of them by this time because and I, I was you know, trying to, to get some understanding of why I need to eat plant-based and how to do it. So I responded back to him. Well, this ended up being one of my very close friends from high school that we lost touch with each other. So he never knew that I became homeless, that I had a, a, a drug problem. He didn't know that I'd become a Christ follower. And so John Corey, the producer and director of Forks Over Knives, Plant Pure Nation, and one of the latest films he did was uh, The Bowden Dynasty, which is about the real life story of the coach from Florida State, Bobby Bowden, who was uh, a tremendous man of faith. So when he realized that we had this plant-based restaurant that we were opening and that we were faith-based, and he had just finished a documentary all about Bobby Bowden's faith, he started to have some of that internal working in his own his own mind. And he, during the pandemic, when we went, went to the pandemic shutdown, we reconnected and he says, hey, have you ever thought about doing a documentary 
that we could represent the not only the faith-based aspect, but the plant-based aspect. And I said, no, we never really thought about it. So that was when all of that second phase began. Mia started feeling very compelled about even upgrading the menu, making it better than it was before, making it more healthier. So that was when we started to transition. And that's when we actually reached out to a friend who is now our executive chef. Her name is Lori Martin. And uh, we do uh, whole food plant-based no oil meals in our cafe that we sell as frozen meals. And those are the plant flavor meals. So that's kind of how we transitioned during the pandemic is we just decided to rebrand Revelations Cafe. And the next thing you know, we end up having a documentary on it and uh, now offer whole food plant-based meals that we can sell to the public that are frozen as well. That's pretty cool. You've already alluded to this, but obviously running a restaurant, running any business is very stressful, particularly something like a restaurant. What techniques do y'all use to cope with stress? Uh, our faith. Um, my my schedule every day, I wake up and um, I give God my first fruit of the day, um, which is my worries, my concern. You know, it, it's every day is different, but um, it's always a, my number one priority. Some days I, I wake up and I just sit in silence and, and I don't say anything. Some days I just pray for 30 minutes to an hour. Other days I, I do devotions and read the word. Um, but that's my first fruit of the day every day without fail. And um, exercise. Exercise is imperative um, for us. Um, it helps us to be able to handle the stress. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people feel like they don't have time to exercise because they're too busy. But for me, I know if I don't exercise first thing in the morning, I may not feel like exercising in the evening. And I know it's imperative for my mind, for my body, for my heart. And so exercise is my number two thing I do every day. Uh, I'm very organized and strategic in my focus. And I listen to some amazing podcasts. Um, while I'm at the gym, um, I do cardio and weightlifting. So I try to maximize my time while I'm in the gym by listening to podcasts while I'm also working out. Hey, are you kind of curious about microgreens and including microgreens in your diet, but you're not sure where to start and you're not sure how to do it? I love my Hamama microgreen grower. It's so easy, it's so convenient. So this is how it works. Basically, they send you the kit and it has this little seed quilt, okay? And then you soak the seed quilt in the water and in a few days, you see your tiny little baby sprouts growing and a few days after that, you can start eating them and it's so fun. And you can tell them that you're eating them and they're really happy that you're eating them and your body's really happy that you're eating them. But here's the best part because I've told y'all before, I'm lazy. So I don't wanna have to use any mental energy that I don't need to. And they send you seed quilts every month. So you don't run out, you can change what seed quilts you want to try. So here's some examples of some of the seed quilts they have. Hearty broccoli, refreshing cabbage, energizing kale, spicy daikon radish, super salad mix. You can even get wheatgrass, you can get culinary cilantro, or even hot wasabi mustard. So there's lots to choose from. They have different flavors. They're so cute and they're health promoting. So you can get a good dose of antioxidants and it's really beautiful. I also use them for garnish when I'm making soups and salads and different bowls. You can impress your guests. But like I said, it's going to be low energy cost on your part. And it's actually not that expensive either. The other thing that I use from Hamama is a green onion growing kit, which is really cool because it can decrease your food waste. So you buy the green onions and then the little part that has the root, the white part at the bottom, you stick it in these little holes and then you just put the water in there and it grows. And then you can keep eating the same green onions. You just go with your little scissors and you chop it off and you put it into your food. So if you wanna give it a try, you've been curious about microgreens and different ways that you can grow your own food, check out Hamama. You can find it in my show notes for a link to get 15% off, or you can go to dryami.com forward slash shop so that you can find the link and get 15% off your first order. Happy growing. Do you love Veggie Doctor Radio, but you're sick of listening to ads? 
join the Plantscription. The Plantscription is a monthly membership where you have access to ad-free episodes of Veggie Doctor Radio every week. But that's not all. You also have access to a monthly live Q&A with me and a monthly live book club. You also get access to writings and musings and free giveaways. It is such a great deal. Right now, it's only $5 a month to join the Planscription. If you want to join, go to planscription.substack.com or go to the show notes to follow the link. Join the Planscription today and join me in this plantastic community. You know, my time with God is really abiding in Him is where the fruit in my life comes from. It's where I find my inspiration. I don't strive. Um, I'm not the type of, it doesn't work for me to strive. I'm the type of person where I write, I journal a lot. And so anything that I'm thinking about, I just write it all down. Even if it looks like chicken scratch or if it's on a post-it note or if it's in my actual journal, I write a lot. Um, and I pray a lot. Um, prayer for me changes everything. Yeah. It first starts by changing my heart, um, about certain situations, because, you know, when we're, when you're working in a business, you're dealing with a lot of different personalities and a lot of different issues. And, um, and I read, I love to read. I wish I had more time to read. Um, but reading is just very calming for me. And, um, so those are just some of the, some of the things that I do. Family time is the most important thing to me, um, than anything, my time with God, my time with family. And so I prioritize those things above my work like uh, above my work and the work takes priority. It really does. Um, but the other things are more of a priority for me and then the work comes later. So it's all about balance. It's about discipline, um, and being organized, you know, and strategic and just, um, focusing and not taking on too many projects and the word no <laughs> and establishing those boundaries of what I can uh, realistically accomplish in a day and, uh, just communicating with, with, with Robbie. And also one of the things we're working on currently working on is after five o'clock time out. Are you talking about work right now? Uh, no, it's five o'clock hard. No, no more talking about work. So, uh, because when you work together and you live together, it can consume your time outside of the four walls of the business. And so we're trying to just be very intentional with our time together, uh, not talking about work and trying to solve problems. I love that. Yeah, you definitely have to have to set really good boundaries when you're a business owner because it can bleed into pretty much every second of every day. <laughs> so yes. 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 I'll say this that um, you know, uh I've taken myself too seriously most of my life. And so when I discovered my relationship with Jesus, I started to realize that God has a sense of humor. And so uh, I try to be lighthearted at work and they call me Mr. Dad joke. So that's how I cope with the stress. Sometimes when, it, you know, the heat of battle starts, you just kind of throw a couple of the jokes out there and you can see the continents of everybody that stress starts to just diminish. So laughter is food for the soul. It really is. And so, you know, trying to have a joyful heart and it's not easy. Trust me, I, I'm, I'm human. And, you know, the human emotions of, of anger and frustration do rise up in me. But for the most part, I do know that laughter is one of the best medicines in, in our business. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that one. Well, why don't you each tell me what's been the most gratifying part of your endeavor into this restaurant business thus far? What's been most <laughs> gratifying for me is that I get the opportunity on a daily basis to actually share my faith with people in the, um, in the cafe. I've uh, been able to experience God's um, miraculous working part, pray for someone, and then literally, you know, a week later or a month later, hear a praise report where someone steps in and they're just weeping and they're like, that prayer that you prayed, it came true. God delivered my sister or he healed my, you know, my baby. Or when you hear those things, that's just been, you can't put a price tag. It's priceless. And so for me, it's been able to, uh, to be able to, to be in the public and have them accept because they know when they walk in that we don't put our light under a bowl. People know when they step in and we have all types of people come to our cafe. And guess what? Every one of them are loved and served the same way. 
what would Jesus do? That's really one of our models. And so we serve people with the love of Christ. And that's been the most gratifying for me is being able to pray for people and to be able to to give people hope, encouragement, and especially in a time right now where, you know, we have a pretty dark world out there. There's a lot of people sick and suffering. And so being able to do this has been the most gratifying for me. Yeah. And for me, I, um, I love it when you can be present with God and, and also be in the work environment. So if there's someone that comes in the door and they're hurting, um, that you're sensitive to what their needs are, whether they need a hug or they need an encouraging word, um, or prayer, um, that's where I find um, the most joy is being used by God in a way that far outreaches anything that I could have ever thought or imagined um, and really being um, instrumental in um, in, in helping people to heal. Um, and that looks different, you know, um, and just being sensitive to that um, and uh, just being the hands and feet of Jesus every day. Just I, I, I'm going to step in and brag on my wife because she's well, not going to say it. But my, my wife, where she has been the most instrumental, as a, especially as a Christian certified life coach, um, she basically pours into our staff like I've never seen a woman pour into her kids. These girls call her mom at work. I mean, because she really is like a surrogate mom. And she does Bible studies with them outside of the, the cafe. Uh, as a matter of fact, she's going to be doing one tonight. She meets with them once a week, and she really pours. It, it makes me just want to weep to see the servant heart that of the of the wife that the Lord has given me. So I know that brings her great joy, and she probably was going to get to it, but I just didn't want that to go unnoticed. Ah. She's just an amazing uh, woman of God who pours into the children that God has put in our business. So it's been a blessing to see that as well. Well, selfishly, that's for me too, because I wanted a house full of kids. I have two teenage, well, they're not teenagers anymore. They're 23 and 25. I have two boys. And so I I've always wanted a house full of children. And God, again, in his infinite wisdom, has a funny way of giving us our heart's desire in a way that is, is thank God I didn't have to pay for all these kids or, you know, clothe all these kids. Uh, but I still get to be instrumental in their life. And yeah, you know, we do crafts and we tie dye and we paint canvases and we just talk about life. And, you know, some of these girls are getting ready to go off to college. And so this is my, you know, I kind of look at it as this is my, might be my last chance to really sow some good seed into their lives outside of work. Because I, when we're in work, I'm very focused on, I am, I have to be mindful. I'm a very task oriented person. And so I am a, a we took a community communication IQ assessment, and I am a shape remover doer. And those are like the most offensive of the languages because you can become very task oriented and you forget to stop and ask people how they're doing along the way. And, you know, to just cultivate those relationships, which I love too. So I have to be, you know, your biggest strength can also be your biggest weakness. So it's just kind of working, you know, collaborating um, with the Holy Spirit and, and just maximizing my my time and my talent um, with the staff as well as the customers, but we're we're just blessed every day that we get to go and just serve God, and um, you know just to watch Him do what only He can do because this is more than just about the food. You know, it's about the spiritual food. It's about the bread of life, the living water, and um, oh gosh, it's just it's such an honor to serve. Oh, it makes me yeah, it's emotional. Yeah. Well, you're doing beautiful work and I love hearing it. And I also love how much you're learning about yourself and gaining insight into yourself. I can definitely identify with that, the doer personality. My older son the other day was like, mommy, sometimes you just get so serious and you're just focused on all the things that we need to do. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's how I get stuff done, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but yes, it can, come off, it can come off sometimes very harsh or insensitive to people mm -hmm. that need a softer approach. Um, for how they do things. But I think that's mm -hmm. cool how you're learning about yourself, but also serving others and helping other people learn about themselves too, because that's how we grow as well. Well, let's switch gears just a little bit and talk about some uh, lighter subjects, maybe some lighter not, but I I'd love to hear what the most popular items are on your restaurant menu. And what is it that keeps people coming back? 
Well, well, the popular items on the menu, uh, they're, they're a variety. We're a breakfast uh, joint as well as a, a lunch and dinner joint, uh, primarily lunch because we the pandemic has really kind of took our dinner crowd away. Um, so anyway, uh, in the mornings, our pancakes are like, you know, top notch. We And we do both not only gluten-free, but regular. So we give people the options of being vegan, gluten-free or just standard uh, regular wheat pancakes, so to speak. And then um, we're, we have omelets. And so what's really happened with me is I've been really able to, because we do serve real eggs, but what I also do is I get an opportunity to tell people about the Just Egg. I cook a pretty mean Just Egg omelet. So I've been able to transition some people and our vegan scramble is probably one of the most popular dishes as well. Uh, that's one of our recipes from our chef, Lori Martin. Um, our wraps, our bowls, uh, and we have, you know, about four different types of the, of the faux proteins, which, you know, beyond impossible, we're probably going to go away from impossible, but beyond impossible, we do uh, like a, a soy chicken tender, like the Gardein brand. And uh, we also use, uh, it's called PAL shreds. That's one of the new ones that a lot of people don't know about. PAL stands for people in our world. That's the acronym, but it's basically a soy isolate water and salt product that they compress. And so it ends up being like a pulled pork or a pulled chicken. And it takes on the flavor profile of whatever you, you cook it in, whether it's buffalo or barbecue. And so those items have become very popular. And our salads, you know, salads are really a big item for us. We do a rainbow salad that people just flat out love. And we also do like a seasonal salad. So we're doing a spring salad as of right now. So those are some of the things that we're doing. And those are the most popular items as of this moment. And I'm more of a whole food I don't eat the fake meats, although I know people love them. And especially if you're transitioning from, uh, you know, the standard all-American diet. Uh, but we also have a portobello mushroom tempeh yeah. brown rice. With, it's it's, an, uh, it's a, um, a burger that we make in-house. Mm -hmm. And it is delicious. Um, I'm a big uh, pusher of all things whole food plant-based i love my vegetables i don't need all that other you know pretend stuff even though I, it tastes good i mean i'm not going to say that it doesn't taste good it's just not my personal taste um but our we also have acai bowls yeah. that are supposedly according to the people in the community are the best acai bowls they've ever eaten <laughs> wow i mean i'm so hungry just listening to all of those menu items. And Robbie, I agree. I am so grateful for Just Egg because that is the one thing that I still missed after transitioning to vegan lifestyle. And I'll be 12 years this July being oh, vegan really? and plant-based. So when Just Egg came out, I was like, oh, thank God. So we just have it once a week. We have it usually about once a week, maybe a th three times a month on Sunday, but it cooks really nice and it's got a great texture. And yeah. I really feel like most people, if they didn't pay attention and they didn't know, they probably wouldn't know the difference, you know, if you put it into a scramble or made an omelet with it. So I'm glad that you're, you're uh, helping some people make the, the change over from eggs there. Do you use black salt on your just eggs? Sometimes, but I don't need it as much, yeah. you know, like, because I, it's just, I love it so much, but yeah, I have a big bag of black salt <laughs> I ordered from Amazon. So it'll last me probably yeah. another 10 years. <laughs> what I, what I find truly hysterical is I love this more than anything. We always put picks in our food so that people like a vegan pick or a gluten-free or gluten-free and vegan. So they know, but there are occasions when, you know, sometimes somebody will order a vegan scramble and they'll forget to put a pick in it because a vegan scramble is a vegan scramble, right? They'll get it to the table and the person that's plant base goes is this is this vegan because they the, the just eggs are so deceiving they look real and they taste yeah. real so yeah i love it when that happens it's just kind of funny yeah. you have to say no no it's a vegan scramble it's completely plant-based that's happened to me so many times at restaurants and I'm just like, are you sure? Are you sure this was the vegan burger? <laughs> you know, you like take a bite and you're like doubtful. But yeah, some of the some of the mock meats are like frighteningly close to real meat. So that's one of the reasons to me it's uncomfortable is sometimes it's just so close to real meat that I can't even enjoy it much. I'm like, the, my brain the whole time is kind of freaking out. So <laughs> so what do you wish more people knew? I'd love to hear from both of you. I wish people, more people knew everything matters to God. Like everything really matters to God. The food we eat, um, you know, this was his 
inspired vision, not mine. So clearly he cares about the animals and clearly he cares. I I don't think that anyone's ever been able to just look at scripture and say, this is what God says, you know, and this is what you have to do. But clearly, you know, if God gave me the vision and said plant-based vegetarian, then it must matter. And the way God has uh, cultivated everything, the documentary and just the inspiration and the collaboration, because I can tell you, it's not something we have strived to do. It wasn't part of our plan. It truly was an inspired vision from God. And so it matters to God and the, the amount of food we eat matters. And you know, the time we eat. And, and that's one of my biggest missions is, is that there's so many people out there that God has a plan for their life and they're, they're stuck in a career or either they just don't know what to do or they're feeling unfulfilled and they know there's something else. There's gotta be something else. They're restless. They're irritable. They're discontent. And, you know, God has a plan. He has a plan for our life. And sometimes when we're restless, we're irritable or discontent, we try to stuff those uncomfortable feelings and emotions with food. And sometimes it's junk food and sometimes it's unnecessary. It's not because we're hungry. It's just because we don't, we're not wanting to deal with it. And, and so for me, I wish that more people would know that food we eat to live, we don't live to eat and to be more mindful eating about the food that we're putting in our bodies. And we intermittent fast and there's a huge importance, spiritually speaking, as well as for your body to heal in fasting. And fasting is important. It's biblical. And I know that probably everybody who listens to this may not be a Christian, but the principles are applicable no matter what your belief is. Um, and then just to just to spend more time, you know, in solitude and prayer and meditation about what your future looks like and allow God to speak to you in a way that might not be something that you would have ever thought of, because I truly do believe there are other opportunities out there for people to spread the message of hope and healing and deliverance and to be an instrumental, instrumental part in the activity that God is doing on this earth because there's so many other things going on around us. And I do, I do believe that the people who probably are listening to your, to your podcast probably are people who are either seeking or either they are already living a life of health and wellness, or they're just wanting to be educated in how, you know, we are three part beings. We are the mind, we are the body, we are the spirit and soul, and that we have to feed and nourish each part of who we are or we'll become out of balance and we'll become overwhelmed. And so that's truly the message that I know God has inspired me to communicate. That's so beautiful. How about you, Robbie? Yeah. Uh, you know, really when it comes down to it is that, um, as Mia said, I'm just going to kind of belabor it a little longer is that, you know, being that we are three-part beings and we need this balance in our life, I just pray that more people within the sound of my voice recognize that there are answers to their questions if they're willing to go deep and search for them. So I hope that this ignites a fire under someone to look, because I was not a believer. I didn't believe in the Bible. Um, you know, I was never going to, I was always going to do it my way. I was going to eat the way I wanted to eat because it felt good. And there's a reason why Jesus called the guys he hung out with. I called them knuckleheads, but he called them disciples. And uh, there's the root word of disciple is discipline. So it's, I hope that people can understand that sometimes discipline is what our bodies really need. So does our mind and so does our spirit is to be disciplined in the things that are going to be beneficial. And what are you doing to make a difference in someone else's life? It's not about giving to get. It's about giving to give and knowing that those seeds that you're planting in someone else's lives are being cultivated by God and that you're doing something. So it's not about you. It's about another. And can I go? the extra mile to help another person and to be someone that may have been an addict like myself, to be able to love them and to be able to show them who Jesus is by being an example, not by what I say, but what I do and how I treat them. So those are all things that I hope people, you know, recognize is that it's not about us. It's about doing the next right thing for someone else. And in the end, good things will happen. Ugh, that's just way too beautiful, way too wise. It's exactly what I needed to hear right now. <laughs> my point in my business, 
so busy, so frustrated, feels overwhelming, feels like, you know, tough path right now. So those are words that a lot of us need to hear when we're struggling and don't know which direction to go. I think starting with a with a heart of service, it gives us back more than we give. And I feel like you can even validate with that with science. I mean, look at the connections that you form when you're serving other people and that just influences your body in the way that produces all of the good chemicals and and you know gives you the oxytocin and all of those good things that decrease your stress and help you live a long healthy life. And um Mia, I wanted to go back to something you said because I also have been practicing time restricted eating and intermittent fasting and in fact, I don't know if you know this, but I have a fasting series coming out pretty soon. I've interviewed lots of experts. So it's something that I'm super passionate about um, right now, but I agree. And I started fasting mostly just to help with some symptoms I was having, but going to what both of y'all said about just discipline, I feel like whenever you're training yourself in these areas of discipline, it gives you more time and space to practice spirituality and be open to spirituality and also just to honor yourself and your own body. I know both of y'all have struggled with substances and mine is food. And I feel like with stress, with any issue in life, my immediate reaction has always been to just overeat and stuff myself Mm -hmm. so that I could ignore everything and be numb to all of those sensations. But whether it's food, whether it's IV drugs, whether it's alcohol, whatever it is, when we're using these substances to escape our discomfort, then we end up missing the opportunity for growth. And discomfort is the catalyst for growth. So I think that with time-restricted eating and fasting, it can also, for some people, give them so many other mental and spiritual gifts that they weren't even expecting. So thank you so much for bringing that up because I'm particularly passionate about that right now. All right, y'all, this has been such a fantastic conversation, but unfortunately we need to wrap it up. So where can listeners connect with you and tell me where they can find your meals and maybe a little bit about where your restaurant is located so people that are near you can go visit it? Yes, um, don't want it to be like an infomercial, but we really want people to connect with us through revelationscafefilm.com. Again, that's revelationscafefilm.com. Um, there's going to be a plethora of information out there that they can they can actually see clips of the documentary. Uh, we have a, a new what we call a promotional reel. It just kind of shows a little bit of our background and the walk that we've had. Also, me and I were uh, fortunate enough. The Lord had us write a book. Uh, the name of our book is 222, says it was always you. It can be also bought on Amazon. But if they go to Revelations Cafe Film, the, the pass-through link, is there and it's one of uh it's one of the um um, it's a book written about signs miracles and wonders and that's one of the things that me and i've walked along our our complete 10 years together and in fact just to show you the goodness of god and and some of the things that he's done in our life is that our partner who's 100 in support of us is me as ex-husband he's like a brother to me so we have this incredible family that is not been divided, it's been united. And so he's just supporting of everything we do and he's in the medical field. So being in the medical field, he basically is able to um, promote the benefits of plant-based. He's also plant-based himself. So about, you know, food is medicine. So all of those things have really come to fruition and all of that information will be available at revelationscafefilm.com. I love it. All right, y'all, final question. How can people use their faith to propel them to adopt habits and behaviors that promote their well-being. For me, uh, we're going to go right back to the root word discipline. Um, I know that my faith has, has made me more, much more disciplined than I used to be prior to having faith. It, it, it gives me this opportunity to, to just know that I was created for something special. And if I press in and I ask God, what is that special thing that you've created me for? Um, it's to take care of this body that he's given me because it's a gift and I shouldn't abuse it. I should honor it. And so by being disciplined, as we just talked about an intermittent fasting, uh, you know, making yourself go 18 hours without a meal from the last meal to the first meal. So my faith has strengthened me knowing that when I do this, that I'm honoring God by being disciplined 
with something that he's given me that's precious. The gift of life is precious. And as you said, science is the number one thing that I can even point to that that actually proves God. It doesn't disprove him, it proves him because biogenesis, life begins. So every one of us on this planet has a parent. We didn't just poof into existence. So there's a lot of things that I could say, but it's my, my walk with God is about one of being disciplined and trusting and, and spending time at his feet every morning, asking him for direction and guidance, reading that word. And it's amazing what happens when you do these things. Things that happen afterwards are just, they're good. You know what else too? I was just thinking about this. Um, it's, it, I know it, it might sound a little crazy, but um, it, ask yourself questions, yeah. you know, um, when you're, when you're, when, which really, if you, some people don't understand what prayer is, or some people can't fathom talking to this God that is just, where is he? I don't see him. Like, you know, um, but when you talk, you can just talk to God. Like that's just a conversation that when you are about to eat something and you know that you're not hungry, ask yourself, am I hungry? Why am I eating this? But, but in reality, you're talking to God. Why am I hungry? Why am I eating that? And pausing and allowing the Holy Spirit consciousness to speak to you, to give you some information that could be buried deep within your subconscious so that you can become healed and set free to be able to do the next best thing for you, which is ultimately going to benefit those around you. Yeah. Robbie and Mia, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for being guests on Veggie Doctor Radio. I appreciate you sharing your story and being vulnerable with us. And also I appreciate all the work that you're doing and all the lives that you're touching. And I hope that you both have a very plantastic day. Yay, thank, thank you, you, you too. too. God bless. Hey, veggie lover. I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day.